0: Welcome into the Odds and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is across the way, uh,
1: digitally. I'm, I'm Eric. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm not physically looking at Matt right now. I'm I'm actually listening to make sure the guy doing yard work across the street isn't making too much noise to interfere with this podcast. But uh, yeah, digitally across the way from Matt, as I always am, since we've got this uh, great podcasting equipment, um, and ready to talk about some bold predictions today.
0: Made that executive decision of, hey, you know what? Like, there's a lot to talk about with this game because it's, it's, it's a season opener. There's a lot of expectations for Oregon. Uh, is the excitement of the first game. And then, oh, by the way, Eric, maybe we should start here before we go into the, the bold predictions. Um, real quick, is this the biggest preseason game or season opening game in Oregon football history the last 20 years?
1: I just wrote something on this yesterday, I think, at least since 2010. I didn't go all the way back to the the 2000. I I went back to 2010, and this is a no contest, at least one of the biggest two this decade. They, They played like eight games against FCS teams, and they were all at home, and they were all games they won by 40 or 50 points. The only other game you could probably argue is more significant would have been the Oregon LSU game that was also played in Dallas um, after the 2011 National Championship game that season. Uh, that featured number three, Oregon, against number four, LSU. I think you could probably argue that game might have been more significant. But if Oregon wins this game on Saturday, it would be undoubtedly the biggest season-opening victory uh, of the 2010s, and that's a no contest for sure. And I would guess I'd have to go back again and look at the 2000s and see what other games were played, but I would guess that would be the same thing for basically since this, this century, I guess. Um, because this is a massive game. Oregon has not traditionally started its season away from Watson Stadium, and it certainly hasn't started playing a team of Auburn's caliber very frequently, so uh, this game is very different from r- most season openers. Oregon typically has a kind of a, I don't want to say a dress rehearsal game, but typically it has been, where they play UC Davis or Nichols State or somebody like that, and it's a game that you go, no going in. Oregon's going to go out and probably score 50 to 60 points, win pretty handily, get its second and third string guys in midway through the second half, maybe even before that. I don't expect any of that to happen on Saturday. I'd be shocked if, if Oregon or, or Auburn runs away. I think it's going to be a really good game. But, uh, yeah, I think it would be the biggest victory, certainly this decade in non-conference, at least in, in a season opening game. But I think, uh, maybe that Auburn or sorry, that LSU Oregon game from, from 2011, uh, season Oprah probably was the bigger game just because the teams were a little higher, more highly ranked.
0: All right. Let's dive into this one. Um, Oregon, Auburn, number 11 Ducks, uh, against number 16, the Auburn Tigers games we played, uh, in Arlington, Texas, uh, at the AT&T Stadium, uh, home of the Dallas Cowboys in the official capacity This is interesting. It's sixty four thousand four hundred and fifty one, and I was expecting it to be closer to a hundred thousand because that, that's kind of when that monstrosity of a stadium was built. Um, it was kind of like one of their punchlines. But Eric, let's go into our predictions here. And this this isn't us making our picks. We'll we'll have a we'll have a podcast on Friday uh, where Eric and I will discuss and, and make our predictions for this football game. Um, we've also uh we'll have some other notes and kind of the final wrap-up preview of that of that game on Friday. Um, but for today we're just gonna we're gonna look at each of us are gonna have five things we think are going to happen. Maybe one of them or two of them could be hot take ish. Uh I don't know about you, Eric. I didn't go too outside the boundaries of wow, that's that's a wild take. But um, I've got five. Uh I'll start things off. Number one, I've got, Oregon held five opponents last year in 2018. Offense, a, a junior quarterback had six games with 350 or more yards of total offense. I think Oregon's defense, uh, they're experienced. Andy Avalos is a very good coach. We've seen him firsthand uh, against Oregon, Boise State at the 2017 Las Vegas Bowl. Um, the Broncos have always had good defenses. He's now got better athletes. He's now got a deeper rotation. Uh, he's got a star in Troy Dye. He's got an experienced secondary. He's got a front line that's very, very experienced and deep now. Um, I think Oregon's defense is going to be very good this season. And then on top of that, uh, they're playing an offense that, that – and Auburn, yes, they, they have been prolific under Gus Melzon in years past, but they're playing a true freshman quarterback – He's making his first start against an experienced defense that's talented. I think Oregon holds Auburn's offense to less than 325 yards of total offense uh, and, and has a really, really big day defensively.
1: Along the same lines here, I, I think Oregon's going to hold Auburn's running backs to less than 100 yards rushing. Um, I say that in part because... You look at last year, it was, I think, the first year in, in over a decade that Auburn didn't have a 1,000 yard rusher. They had a really long streak, uh, where, where they always had a thousand yard guy. And a lot of those guys are, are playing in the NFL or, or have played in the NFL. They've had a lot of good running backs, but you look at the roster now, and they don't really have that bell cow guy, uh, on their team. And so I think they're going to, I don't know if I see a hundred yards from them running. And I also look at that offensive line, which I know returns all the starters, but it wasn't necessarily a strength of the team a year ago. And the other part here is I think the quarterback, Bo Nix, who everybody has talked about his ability to throw the ball, but, uh, you know, speaking with Brandon Marcello from Auburn Undercover earlier this week, it, you know, his ability to run, I think they're going to see him run the football a little bit more. I think, um, I think he's going to be maybe the leading rusher in the game, depending upon how it all plays out. But I think there's a scenario here where, uh, I don't know what I don't know if Auburn's going to get more than the 325 yards you just stated, but I could see a scenario where they don't run the ball very effectively and the running backs combine for like 85 yards rushing or something like that. I, I just think the way uh, – a lot of what you said earlier about Avalos too, where, where it, that Boise State defense was really, really good, and now he's got better athletes at Oregon. I could see a scenario where – Auburn maybe has some success running with the quarterback because that's kind of a weird thing to defend sometimes, especially somebody who reportedly has great breakaway speed and Nix. But uh I just could see I, I, I think there's gonna be a game here where, where Auburn has a hard time with its running backs getting going. Do you do you think then that Auburn's
0: passing game makes up the slack? Or do you see are you in line with me where uh Oregon holds them under three twenty five total offense?
1: Yeah, I think it could be I think that's a good number. I think it could be around there. I could see a thing where they like the running backs run for 85 yards, Nick's runs for like 60 yards so they get to like about 150 or something like that and then and then they pass for, you know, close to 200 but not quite 200. I think they'll get I'm going to say they're going to surpass 325 by not much. I don't I I don't expect they'll get to 400. I'll put it that way. All right,
0: number number 2 for me uh Oregon's offense is going to score the, mo- the most points against Auburn in a sing- season-opening football game since 2011. Um, Utah State scored 38 points week one against the Tigers uh, in a game that Auburn won 42 to 38. Uh, I think Oregon's going to finish this game with they're not going to score 38, but they're going to score more than the next cl- the next highest, which is 26 cl- from Clemson in 2012. So I think. From about a for about a seven year period, you know, counting this year's game, Oregon's going to score the most points out of any opponent that has played Auburn week one. Um, I'm thinking this game is going to be played in the high 20s. Obviously, it's going to be played uh, above 26, um, below 38. I, I don't see it though, from an Oregon perspective, getting any higher than 31, yeah, 32, and and, and at that point, I'm really getting outside of my comfort zone.
1: Yeah, I, I, I've already said that I, I think that's a lot of points to score against this defense, but I, I wouldn't be shocked and we should, this gets actually leads into one of my predictions here. I think Oregon is going to score a defensive touchdown in this game and that right there could help them get to that number you're talking about because I think the offenses on both sides are going to maybe have a little hard time getting up and down the field. There's some pretty good right. defenses, you know, the inexperienced at quarterback for Auburn, but yeah, I, my second one here is I think there's going to be a defensive touchdown scored. Uh, Bo Nicks, We've talked about it. True freshman quarterback. It's interesting to see kind of how this whole thing plays out. But I could see he makes the mistake early, and one of Oregon's defensive backs or maybe even a linebacker takes that ball the other way uh, and goes for a touchdown, and that could be a game-determining kind of thing. And you look at Oregon's secondary guys, there's some kind of – I mean, Javon Holland might, might yeah. be the team's punt returner. He's obviously pretty explosive with the ball in his hands. I think Diomade Lenore and Thomas Graham have shown a little bit of that as well. Uh, I know Lamar Winston, I think, had a touchdown last year against Cal. Um so I, I could I could see a scenario here where, where Oregon scores a defensive touchdown and that ends up being a critical play for, for kind of how the outcome of the game plays out. Okay, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Yeah.
0: Um if if Oregon's defense does score or a special team score to kind of flip the, the game here, who is that guy? You get you get one pick. You you don't get to you know, Say it could be these four or five guys. Who's the one guy, if you're going to pick and score a defensive touchdown for Oregon? I'm gonna, or I'm or a, special teams?
1: I'm, I'm going to say Javon Holland because of the uh, special teams factor because it sounds like he could be the punt returner. Cristobal said it's either him or die. He also said there's like a couple other guys they're considering, but those are the two most likely. And the fact that he led the team in interceptions last year, he's kind of that ball hawk at the back end of the defense. I could see him picking off a pass and going the other way for six. That would be my, my top pick. And that did put me on the spot, and I was thinking about a couple other guys. But, yeah, I just got a sense that uh, I think Holland could be the one to do it. All right, we're going to take a quick break here from our
0: sponsors. We'll be right back here on the Audibles podcast.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
0: All right, welcome back to the Odds and Audibles Podcast. I'm Matt Preem, um, and then Eric Scopel is on the show as well, and it's very difficult to talk and read at the same time, and I was reading a message from Eric that had nothing to do with me for the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, but that's where we're at, uh, giving you a little pull of the curtain of how this the sausage is made, per se. Uh, let's continue our bold predictions for this podcast uh, for Oregon versus Auburn. Again, this isn't a season prediction. This is just specifically Oregon versus Auburn. Um, I think we saw this I know we saw this last year with with Washington uh they got into the red zone I think six times and uh they walked away with maybe 10 points I think it was or or 13 points um, I think Oregon's offense while I don't know how many times they're going to get into the red zone they are going to get in with to an area where they attempt a field goal or they're within range and they choose to go for it on fourth down but I think three different times uh, in this football game, Oregon's going to cross into Auburn territory and have an, a drive that has scoring opportunities and walk away without any points, leaving points on the board.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I kind of that's an interesting one. Uh, I could I could see that happening too with the questions at place kicker, right? I mean, how much are they going to feel comfortable taking a, a kick right, right there? I,
0: I'm banking on whether it's Stack or Camden Lewis or walk on Zach Emerson, whoever kicks. I'm banking on one whoever whoever kicks to miss two field goals. I think they, they're going to try some field goals maybe early in the first half or you know some at some point early in the game or halfway through the game, and they're going to miss both.
1: Well, this actually – I was going to leave this for my last one, but this leads me into a bold prediction that goes the opposite way. I think Oregon is going to have a kicker, and, again, we don't know if it's Stack Lewis or Emerson uh, who is going to be this kicker. I think Oregon's going to make a kick of 40 yards or further this game. Uh, last year they didn't do it at all. You'd have to go back, obviously, then to the I, I was gonna say, like. That's it, pretty bold, right? That's, it, that, that,
0: that, well, it's, it's, it's so funny. I mean, it, because it's, it's true. You're in, your prediction is kind of bold and, and all oh, that. Don't mean to cut you off, but. Yeah. That's how bad the kicking has been is that they, <laughs> I know. that it's a bold prediction that they make a 40 yard field goal.
1: Yeah. No, I know. And, and actually this felt like, to be honest, and we'll get to the other ones I made here in a second. This felt like the most bold. So I was going to save it for last, for last. Uh, but you, you brought up, uh, the place kicking. It felt like an, an opportune time to mention it, but yeah, I, I, it sort of speaks to the, the status of the kicking game where, yeah, where I think me predicting that like one of the kickers, whoever it's going to be, uh, is going to make a kick of 40 yards or, or longer and that that's some sort of like, ooh, that's kind of pushing the limits there. Who knows if that's actually really something that can happen, but that's kind of where we're at. But, uh, I think. I think they will try one from that distance. I do. I think there's going to be a scenario here where Cristobal goes, okay. Last year we didn't show a lot of confidence in our kickers. You know, after Stack and Emerson struggled to make some kicks early on in the season, we kind of backed off. We punted from some spots where maybe we should have attempted a field goal or or whatnot. But I think they're going to be in a spot where early on in the game they go, hey, let's let's send let's send whoever it is out there from 42 yards and see what they can do. And I'm predicting they're going to make that kick.
0: All right, let's go to the next one. This is uh, my fourth prediction of this football game. I think this isn't really a surprise, and this is a two-parter. I'm kind of cheating a little bit. I make the rules, though, so I get to bend it. Um, Troy Dye is going to lead the team in tackles. That's not a really big surprise. Uh, he's done that um, 19 times in his career, seven times in 2018, eight times in 2017, and then four in 2016. That's not a shock. Uh I think he's gonna have fifteen or more tackles though. Um he's done it seventeen times or more where he's had ten or more. Uh but this is the the caveat. I think Oregon is gonna have four players finished with ten or more tackles in this football game. Uh they've can you tell me real quick, trivia question, Eric. There's three players on Oregon's football team that have had ten or more tackles in a football game. Can you name three of them?
1: Oh my gosh. So we've already established Troy Dye is one of them, right? Correct. Um Nick Pickett? I, nope.
0: I feel I, I feel extremely confident you are not going to get one of these two other guys.
1: Well the hard thing here is okay, did did Samson New do it last year in a start? Nope. Huh. Uh okay. <laughs> well let's go with Thomas Graham from he's played a lot of games. Nope. Uh, let's see here, man. I'm, I'm looking really bad here. Lamar Winston.
0: Yes, that's one of them.
1: Okay, I, he just doesn't make a ton of tackles, so I I didn't know if that was the right place to start. Uh, Isaac Isaac Slade.
0: No, I, I'm gonna cut you off because you have no chance of predicting this one.
1: Okay. In
0: 2016, Brendan Schooler uh, had two more tackles.
1: Oh, that's a, that's really tricky. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought that though. I should have thought of that though. That's that's a that's a heck of a trivia question there, and I felt really silly there guessing all these guys. I, Pickett, I felt like was my my sleeper guess. That's why I went with it because I know he had a lot of tackles last year. Yeah, but, you uh, look
0: at you look at the seven or more yeah. uh, last season. Troy Dye had ten. Gary Baker had one. Austin Folio had two. Thomas Cram had two. Lenore had three. Samson New had one. Pickett had three, uh, and then Jordan Scott and Lamar Winston each had games with one uh one game of seven or more tackles.
1: Yeah. Well so 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 you're saying four guys with ten or more let me put yes. you back on the spot. So Troy Dye is one of those guys. Do you want to wager who the other three will be? I think Lamar
0: Winston will be number 2. Um I also think um Nick Pickett or whoever starts at safety. Mm-hmm. I I'm going I'm going to kind of cheat whether it's yeah. Brady Breeze or Nick Pickett, one of those two guys. Uh, will also have ten or more tackles, and then I'm I'm taking a little stab here, but I I think Isaac Slade, uh, Matteo is also gonna kind of fly in there and and pick up uh ten or more tackles.
1: You know, the you started with Winston. I, I'm very curious to see how much he's on the field given the new defense, and I, I agree he's probably one of the top candidates to do it. But if that Sam linebacker is only out there for like forty percent of the snaps, it could be. Could be difficult. And that's, but that's one of those things that it's just going to be really interesting to, from a personnel perspective. All right. Can I change
0: my, can I change my prediction to three then?
1: (laughs) (laughs) As you said earlier, you make the rules. You can change it to zero if you want. I mean, like, (laughs) then it it stops being a very bold prediction if you predict zero players. Uh, okay. My fourth one here. I think an Oregon true freshman scores a touchdown. Ooh. I like that because wide receiver position is really banged up right now. We've established that probably the, the guy that would have been the best bet to make would have been Michael, Michael Pittman, Pittman. But, he, but he's not playing. But I think between Josh Delgado and Lance Wilhoit, who we haven't really spoken a whole lot about. He's not someone we've talked a ton about, but right. he's been kind of dinged up. But he's going to have, like Delgado and a lot of these guys, a greater opportunity, I think, to, to see the field and be part of the passing game. But Delgado, to me, is somebody that I'm curious. I think he could actually play a pretty big role just because of the injuries, uh because of what sounds like he's one of the more reliable guys, I think he's somebody that could end up having a pretty significant role. That would be my pick for the guy to do it. The other option would be I talked about a defensive touchdown. We saw Mikhail, right, in the spring game, pick a couple yep. of passes off. Maybe he's the guy that has a pick six and kind of, you know, introduces himself to college football in this game. But uh that's kind of my that's one of my more bold ones. But I think a true freshman is going to find the end zone. It would be easier If Sean Dollars was on that depth chart they released, but he's not, and it's kind of unclear if he's going to be traveling or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I think, I think a true freshman is going to find the end zone.
0: You do have three true freshmen in the, in the two deep on defense. Jamal Hill, Mike Hill Wright, and DJ James. Yeah. How much are all uh, those guys going to
1: play? But yeah, and, and Kayvon Thibodeau. That's true. So I don't, I don't know, maybe that's a scoop and score, but yeah, maybe one of those defensive backs picks one off and goes the other way. Uh, but yeah, I think a true freshman is, is going to get in the end zone.
0: All right, last prediction from me, and then Eric will follow up with his last one as well. Uh, going back to the offensive side of the football for me, CJ Verdell and Travis Dye will combine to go over 175 yards, but neither player scores a touchdown.
1: Mm. So, so when they get in the red zone, are we thinking this is the Cyrus Habibi Lakio? Yeah,
0: I'm thinking. And- I'm not, I'm not expecting like a, a 40 yard touchdown run from Morgan's running backs or, you know, a 20 yard touchdown run from Morgan's running backs. I think if the backs do get in, it's going to be by the short yardage touchdown flavor, you know, a four or five yard run. And if they get inside that five, uh, I, I think Cyrus Avilaquillo is going to be the one that finds his way into the, into the field or Darian Felix comes in and, and is kind of the surprise player and, and maybe gets a touchdown off on the ground from a big run.
1: Yeah, I'd be curious to see if, if Felix, what his involvement is in the offense. He was somebody who flashed a little bit as a true freshman a couple years ago, didn't play at all last year basically because he was injured. It's been some pretty positive things we've heard from him. He looked really good at times in the spring. Uh, that's, that's going to be an inst- interesting wrinkle is he, if he's utilized very much. Okay. My last one here. I think Oregon is going to force three or more turnovers in this game. And this kind of goes back. Is that, oh, you like that? That's, that's a good one. I, I, I go with this one kind of similar to my defensive touchdown one, but I, I think there's a scenario here, and this is probably best case for Oregon, where Bo Nix, the true freshman quarterback, going against a really opportune Oregon defense, we should mention they, they did a pretty good job, job last year of, of forcing turnovers near the top of the conference, uh, especially with the interceptions. I think he could have a thing where he, you know, Oregon is, and, and we should mention Andy Avilas' defense kind of remains a mystery. You know, they could, they could maybe throw some coverage packages out there that he's not expecting and he could think they're in man and suddenly they're in zone or whatnot and, and, they, and it throws them off and, and he throws the ball into a, the wrong spot of the field and Oregon picks it off. But I could see a thing here where, you know, again, best case scenario for Oregon where Bo Nix turns the ball over several times and Oregon again, is the beneficiary of playing a true freshman quarterback. Again, that's best-case scenario. Worst-case scenario is Nix is incredible, and they don't turn the ball over at all, and and he's moving the ball up and down the field. But I sort of sense there could be a game here where true freshman quarterback, good defense, has a hard time, turns it over a bunch of times, and it ends up being three or more turnovers that Oregon's defense forces.
0: All very, very good stuff. Uh, Hopefully some of these things come true and we look smart. (laughs) <laughs> More than likely, most of them will not. And we are <laughs> very stupid.
1: Yeah, well, I, I don't think people think very highly of our opinions anyway, so I don't think it really changes hey, much. speak for yourself.
0: <laughs> uh, All right, that's going to do it for the Odds and Audibles podcast. Really uh, appreciate you guys listening to today's show. If you haven't gone back and listened to our previous ones this week, we've got a ton of stuff on the site. Uh, on Monday, Eric and I kind of gave a, a season preview, kind of went through every single game on the schedule that we know of. We also discussed uh, if they are going to make the conference championship game, uh, kind of gave some thoughts and some fears or, or some strengths about each game on Oregon's schedule. On Tuesday, we had Auburn undercovers Brandon Marcillo on the show. He gave us a really good in-depth look at what Oregon – is going to be facing in the Auburn Tigers. Uh, on Wednesday, yesterday, we produced a podcast where we answered a lot of your questions, uh, got you ready to go for Oregon football for the 2019 season, why Oregon's doing so well in recruiting, and a lot of other topics. Obviously, today we had... Uh, our predictions and then tomorrow if, if you're looking for that fifth podcast of the week yes we are doing another one we will have one tomorrow that kind of wraps up the week gets you ready for game day that you can listen as you're flying to Dallas as you're driving to that party uh, as you're driving to work around town or as you're getting ready on Saturday uh, mowing that yard for the first time in a couple weeks uh, because of the, the dryness why don't we uh, pop in the, the final review of the 2000? 19 season opening game week as we get you ready for auburn versus oregon so for eric scopel and myself matt preem thanks for listening to the odds and
1: audibles podcast we'll talk to you soon adios amigos